Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I am your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and we believe that podcasts are a great way to plug in for ideas, inspiration, education about something you don't know a lot about, and to meet super cool people. Natasha Pepperell is one of those people. She's not only uh, has her own podcast, she's a foster parent, and she's an advocate for kids having a great life in the world. All things I can say yes to. Natasha, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you. And we'd like to start a little bit about your background and a little bit about you because people that listen all over the world, so we don't ever assume, you know, we, we are talking from Denver, Colorado. Um, there's people listening in all kinds of countries and all kinds of places. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, how did you grow up and what gave you this passion that you have uh, for being a foster parent and for advocating for foster youth? That's a really great question. So I actually grew up in a bicultural household. So my mom is an immigrant from Iran and my dad's American. And so from a young age, I just really grew up with this lens that there's not one right way to do things. And then also seeing how each family is its own unique culture, right, regardless of ethnicity or religion or background. And I think that translated really well into being a foster parent because in foster care, when it comes down to it, it's just a lot of culture clashes. You know, uh, a lot of times my partner and I were licensed for all ages, but that means we mostly end up getting teens and tweens in care. So these kids are coming to us, right? And they were maybe raised for years with their biological families, or they've been in maybe more than one foster home. And so they're bringing in a lot of their perspectives and even assumptions, right? And so it's been really interesting to kind of see how that all plays out. Um, I actually started as a foster care volunteer. I had a friend who worked um, for human services um, just at the county level. And she's like, why don't you come Natasha and volunteer? So I volunteered at something called Kids Night Out. It was just a time for caregivers to get a break. And when there was a ton of kids just running around a government building <laughs> and it'd get a little crazy, but that really was helpful for me, I think, because, you know, society paints foster kids in different ways and it's often not positive. But for me to just see that at the end of these the day, these kids really are just kids and how valuable it is for them to have adults in their lives who they feel like value them. So from there, you could say the rest is history. Uh, my partner and I became licensed foster parents and yeah, that's what we do now. Well, so I think we need to educate and inspire about the whole foster care system because I don't know very much about the exact foster care system, but through our relationship with Cobbled Streets and Sherry Shink, I've been getting educated and inspired about possibility for foster kids. As I shared with you, I we adopted my daughter, Sarah. We did not do foster to adopt. We just got, you know, a one day old baby girl that someone literally looked in the phone book in Chicago, Illinois, under A for adoption, picked an attorney, looked at 14 families, picked us, we flew to Chicago and got a one day old baby. So, um, you know, different in the same, different in that, you know, we just went forward with adoption immediately. Um, the same, I relate to you because she brings all kinds of interesting things. Um, not only the biological influences of her birth parents, which we have an open adoption, so we know, um, but also um, just 
a lot of things that I don't understand because I've never been adopted and some, you know, beliefs. And um, her mom also went on to have another son and kept him and then called her and said, I kept this one. <laughs> so that was an interesting phone call and an interesting day because she had this whole, why didn't she keep me? You know, lots of issues that I'm sure you deal with. So um, let's go and just help you do the 101 for people listening who would like, I don't even know anybody who's, you know, in the foster program, tell people a little bit about the basics. Mm, yeah, that's really great. Cause I think um, there's so many misconceptions too about foster care and it has changed a lot in recent years as well. Um, so the main goal of foster care is reunification. And what that means is the main goal is if at all possible, and if it's at all safe to get the kids back with their biological parents or another biological family member, or even a teacher, a parent or a coach that they knew before they entered the foster care system. Um, and, you know, that's not always possible, but a lot of times it is. Um, so basically a foster parent is that bridge to, you know, allowing parents or other family members to have the time that they need to be able to do whatever it is they need to do to get in a better place to be able to have these kids in their home. And I think that's so important because science does tell us, you know, it is best if at all possible for a kid to be with their biological family or at least have a relationship with their biological family. So I think that's so beautiful that you have an open adoption. And I think you're right in a lot of ways that's so similar to foster care because you're not the only, you know, person or parent involved. So sometimes it can get messy <laughs> because sometimes people have a lot of different opinions and in foster care too, a foster parent doesn't really have a lot of rights. I liken it to sort of like co-parenting, with exes mm -hmm. <laughs> who you never thought you'd have to deal with before, just because there's all these people coming together. They all have their opinions of what's best for the child and care in your home. And as a foster parent, you really need the team's buy-in. Like you can't make many decisions when it comes to the kid and care in your home because you're not actually their legal guardian. So for example, um, if you want to choose to do online school, like you need buy-in from the team for that. You can't just decide, hey, this kid is going to now do online school instead of going in person. Um, what else? Um, and who is the team? So you said the team, mm -hmm. I don't think regular people understand caseworkers and all that. Mm -hmm. kind of sure. So, um, it varies depending on the kid in the case and, um, each County is a little bit different, but you're going to have a caseworker, um, who just does a lot of that paperwork of the day to day for the kid. So, you know, if you, you need a piece of paper that says you can take them to the doctor. Um, there's a guardian at Lydem a lot of the times. So that is a lawyer who actually has the final say for the kid in care in your home a lot of the times. So, you know, if you're deciding to do online school or, you know, make another decision on their behalf, like that person is going to have to give you the go ahead for that. Um, if you go through a private agency, sometimes you'll have a home coordinator, which is really great. So they're kind of the buffer between you and the rest of the team. So you can go to them and be like, hey, you know, we need approval for them to be able to go to soccer camp or whatever it is. And that person can then go and talk to the appropriate person. Um, sometimes you'll have a therapist. Um, as well, that the child will see. Um, sometimes you might have a family therapist or what they call family preservation, um, which I think is so important to um, 
my partner and I were able to get a parenting coach through our agency, which we found so helpful because we weren't parents before becoming foster parents and jumping straight into teenagers <laughs> was a lot. So uh, that was really helpful for us, um, for someone to kind of give us a, an outside opinion and get to know us and how we work and um, be able to just, you know, brainstorm ideas of different strategies we could have. So as you can see, you know, there's a lot of people that are involved and uh, the kid also, the kid in care in your home is often, you know, brought into these meetings sometimes depending on the age so that they can share and advocate for themselves too, which I think is really important. Well, yeah, I was curious because uh, I just am in the still process of raising a teenager. Oh, the joy. And so I can imagine multiple teenagers, multiple cultures, multiple personalities, plus the history of whatever their other foster families were like, hopefully positive, possibly less than perfect. You know, we all do our very best, I think. So what are some of the things that you have learned along this path? So, you know, what made you and your partner say, we're going to dedicate our life to these children that may or may not, you know, be forever with us. Um, I have to tell you, my aunt, she would be a superhero to you. I believe her record now, she's now retired, but I think they had about 25 foster kids along their path. Um, they adopted two of them along the whole thing. It just worked out that way, but they're still in touch with the 25 kids that came for either, you know, temporary a month, you know, a few days or a year. Um, and I'd also like to say out loud for all of you that are creating a barrier called, I don't have this big house or I don't have a lot of money. They had one bathroom in a house in Massachusetts and they had a dirt basement. So, you know, they definitely didn't come from a place that they had this lavish amount of space, but they found such joy in all these foster kids over the years. And they still all come back home to their mama um, that wasn't their only mom. So um, tell some of the people listening, like, let's just start with one story before the break. Um, you know, just kind of what, what was the point where you guys said, we really want to do this and then talk a little bit about the training. And then after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about your podcast and experiences for foster youth. Sure. So um, I don't know. It's it's hard because there wasn't like one moment where we were like, yeah, let's do this. But I think it was something really gradual. And I had the opportunity to live in Scotland actually for a few months when I was in my early 20s. And that family, I lived with a Scottish family and they had what I'd call as an open home. Like a lot of people were just coming in and out of their home, staying with them for long um, ter terms of time. And I just thought that was so beautiful, you know, something that, you know, a lot of times, especially I think in America, we have this idea of like, we have our fence, you're invited in if we invite you in, but just like this flow of people coming in and out. Um, and my partner and I traveled a lot internationally, and that's something that we saw a lot in other cultures too, just the warmness and it, it, it more, maybe a little more inviting than traditional American culture. So that's something we wanted in our home. And we saw foster care as a way to really open our home which it does because there's people and professionals coming in and out at all times. And so I do tell people, you know, if you're not comfortable being really open and honest about your life and yourself and where you're at day to day, then fostering really isn't for you because it's really important that you're able to be really transparent about your struggles and, and all of that as well. So yeah, that's how we got started. Well, that is so inspiring. And I think many of us think, yeah, you're right you know, we kind of grow up like, this is my property. This is my fence. This is my world. 
but that whole idea of an open heart in an open home is so inspiring. We're going to go to a quick break. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat with Natasha sharing her heart for adoption and foster and all things love for kids. Um, And so if you're listening to this today, I always believe you were supposed to hear this. You were supposed to hear this because maybe there's some opportunity in your own heart that you have a little love available. Maybe your your time of your life that it isn't just to be a foster parent for you, but Natasha's going to explain lots of ways you can get involved. And uh, maybe you're just inspired by Natasha and her um, enthusiasm and love for others, because I surely am as the host today. So let's talk a little bit about opportunities to serve these kids and then why you started your podcast to tell these stories. Mm, Yes, there are so many different ways to get involved. And that's something I really wanted to educate people on, because like you're saying, I think a lot of people might think it's all or nothing. Like I have to jump in and be a foster parent or there's nothing I really can do. And that's so far from the truth. You know, a mentor or a volunteer can change the trajectory of a child's life. And especially with teenagers, who they're going to listen to is often not who they live with. That's that's what I found. So um, it's just so important to have that community of support too around foster families. And um, as I was growing up, my family didn't necessarily always have that kind of support in community. We were a military family, so we moved around a lot. My mom, being an immigrant, found it really hard to connect with people. Um, she didn't feel completely comfortable in her English all of the time and just coming from such a different culture, you know, Middle Eastern culture versus American culture and just all the clashes and it was hard for her and, you know, that impacted how she was able to parent. So knowing that, I just knew that is so important that we had a strong community around us as we began foster parenting. And then as a woman of color, when I was going through foster parenting training, you know, I'm trying to find all the information I can. I listened to every single foster parenting podcast out there and I didn't feel any related to me. Um, I felt they were all coming from a singular perspective and that person of color perspective or even just a variety of religious perspectives weren't out there. Um, A variety of even different perspectives. And most times it was foster moms talking to other foster moms and we weren't getting the kids perspective or a caseworker's perspective or other professional, even former foster youth perspectives. Um, So that's why I started the podcast is really to educate people on the variety of ways that you can get involved and also to allow these people that their stories weren't getting shared to have a platform to do so. So, um, and to help people who maybe weren't able to find community and traditional foster care communities. You know, I hear from listeners who were like, yeah, I went to a foster parenting support group and I just really feel like I wasn't able to connect because everyone was coming from a singular perspective. So just really opening up the door so that people see and learn um, from other people's experiences, right? Because stories are really what motivate and inspire change. Um, So that's why I started the podcast. I thought that's so important that Um, We let everyone have a place at the table. 
And um, yeah, like you mentioned too, so many ways to get involved. You can volunteer. What you can do is actually become basically a short-term foster parent. It's called respite care. So you can be licensed for respite care, which means you're taking a kid in for a week max, often to give a foster family a break so that they can you know, a couple can go off and have some time for themselves and foster families tend to burn out within two years or less. So being a respite care provider is massive, especially if you're open to all ages, um, just because these families need breaks so that they don't burn out. And it's so integral that whenever possible, right, a kid stay in a placement or be reunited rather than having to go to another foster home. You know, the stats of kids aging out of care are just so dire. And every time a kid moves homes, it's re-traumatizing for them. It makes it that much harder for them to even trust other people or want to build relationships with other people, to stay engaged in school, to ultimately, right, prepare for adulthood. And we see a lot of times these kids aren't able to do that. So, um, definitely, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking you can get involved, I would say do it. Um, you won't regret it. And there's just so, so much need out there. Well, tell everybody your podcast is called Just As Special. And where do you find it? Is it on all the podcast apps? You know, are you just on every platform? Yes, we are. We're on all the major platforms. You can visit our website, justaspecial.com. And we're on iTunes or we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Yep. All the major ones. Or you can listen right directly from our website as well. Yes. Well, as a podcaster myself, I really, I really, really enjoyed this platform. You know, I used to be a public speaker. I traveled all over the world. You know, it was Tuesday, Poughkeepsie. Can I get the non-smoking room? Not by the elevator. And I have to, you know, go everywhere. And it's so fun to be able to do it from my home studio. And then I still love to be live and travel around with my Zoom recorder and uh, go meet women around the world because it's such a great format for storytelling. Um, So, you know, I would say if you could really sum up someone's listening and they're kind of on the fence and you would say, what's three things that you get back by being a foster parent? Because I can, um, I can, you know, speculate, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, about the children having competent adult love and opportunity and a safe place and a lot of things. But I think it's interesting from your perspective, what are the gifts that um, these kids give back to you? Mm, Yeah, this is something I'm so passionate to talking about. And I think one, it's so important to you for people to realize, like, these people who are foster parents or volunteers or involved in the system in some way, they're normal people. They're not superheroes. I'm not a special person. I'm really just a person who wanted an open home. And also too, I think the main thing you get back is self-growth. You know, it's not enough to be like, Hey, I have a lot of love in my heart. You know, let this kid in my home because these kids have experienced immense trauma and it's not going to be easy, but what it does allow you to is opportunity to grow deeper in connection with your own family members, with yourself and, you know, with these kids in care as well. So I always base success on how am I growing as a person rather than trying to place expectations on a kid in care in my home. Cause I think that can lead to really unhealthy things. And so really that's what it is. It's a continual journey for myself to learn and grow and become a better person. I think also too, it's just, just really expanded my whole worldview. Um, As a foster parent, you go through trauma-informed parenting training. A lot of times how you parent kids in in care is different than you would parent your biological kids. Um, And it can look really weird to people and you might have to explain it to family members who are like, what are you doing? Um, But it is science-based, which I think is also really powerful. Um, 
And honestly, having that trauma-informed lens as I go through the world helps me in my relationships with other people as well. Like my relationship with my mom, I would say, has really blossomed. And actually, a lot of healing came out of me becoming a foster parent. I'm just having a better understanding of her and me and our relationship dynamics and being able to name certain things and um, set stuff up that works well for both of us, I would say. So it allows you to have a deeper relationship, I would say, with everyone in your life, just because you're getting a different perspective and lens to look through the world. And then also too, I think it's allowed me to better see the impact of my actions. I think the savior complex is something that's not super popular to talk about when it comes to foster care, but it's there. This idea that I can save this kid, I can heal this kid. Like all I need to do is allow this kid into my home and it's going to all be butterflies and rainbows. And that's not how it is, right? A lot, you can have the best of intentions. You can try your hardest and a placement can still erupt is what they call it or disrupt, meaning you know, the personalities of everyone coming together just aren't working, or maybe this kid is triggering you in a way that doesn't allow you to be a healthy parent for them, no matter, you know, how much therapy you're going to or whatever it is. So I think um, just knowing the impact of my actions more has been huge and checking myself and saying like, hey, am I letting, you know, these ideas creep into my mind? Um, Am I holding myself to a standard that's impossible? Am I holding this kid to a standard that's impossible? Am I having really good intentions but my impact isn't great. Um, cause I think that happens a lot in life and it can be really humbling to like peel back that layer. And I've had to do that over and over, peel back that layer for myself and be like, I can have the best of intentions. My heart can be in the right place, but is my impact actually good? And so to be constantly be aware of that. And again, I think that's something that translates into every area of my life as well. And it just allows me to be a better human being. Yeah. Well, I would say it really translates to every area of parenting. And, you know, even though my daughter's trauma, quote unquote, was adoption, that her other trauma was being extra special and she has ADHD and blah, blah, blah. They all have whatever they have. Right. But I wasn't trained to be a mom. I just got, you know, one day old, hi, here's your baby and have done the best with what I had. But I do think the more we talk to each other, we listen to podcasts. I think a lot of that trauma informed parenting would have really helped us in the teen years and uh, would have helped us better identify ways, you know, to help Sarah. And we're still not done. We're in the midst of it um, as we enter the college years. Well, on behalf of the world, thank you, Natasha. You are a blessing. It is so fun to hear your story. Um, We met you through Cobbled Streets, and Cobbled Streets really is an opportunity for foster youth to have experiences. And I really like that Sherry Schink is really taking on that um, her organization can uh, pay for, set up, and sponsor a day in the park. And we might take it for granted that it's so easy to have a nature walk and learn about something, but maybe that's something a foster youth didn't get access to, but through someone like Cobbled Streets, they can. So we're so happy that you're a part of that, part of our dream team on the Cobbled Streets, um, really ground floor as we all stand for all these foster youth and any youth having opportunities to live their best life and to feel the love and support of others. It really does take a community like you're saying. And, you know, thank you so much for having me on to share a little bit about my story. And yeah, Sherry at Cobbled Streets, just what a dynamic woman. 
And there's so many innovative organizations doing such great work. So people can visit our website, justaspecial.com. And we have a blog post about big or small ways you can get involved in the foster care system. We also have a virtual volunteering opportunity. And we have ways, too, for businesses to partner with us. So, you know, you can go to your employer and say, hey, you know, this is something really great to be a part of. And my background is actually in digital marketing. So all our business partnerships come with a very robust digital marketing campaign. And, you know, it's just a way for for people to get involved and for the community to get involved because it takes everybody. Well, with people like you and people like your entire people that you're attracting to help you and all of us that can join in and help fund and help get the word out about foster youth, you know, again, I think that was such an interesting discernment you talked about. It's not our job to swoop in and save. It's our job to spend our life contributing to the best of our ability. And everyone's going to have their path. But if we can make one happy day, one piece of art, one great walk in the park, or give a respite, I think, great point to a foster family that is in the trenches in the day-to-day, then that's a great thing to do in this world, a great way to contribute. No, it definitely is. We're so happy to have you in the Boost Power Podcast family. And thank you all for listening to Boost Power Podcast. You know, we are now weekly because we believe the world is full of great stories like Natasha that are people just like you and me that wake up and say, there's something I can do, or I can at least try and I might succeed and I might fail, but I tried. And then I can improve and I can grow and I can share. And that's what the whole game is all about. Please share this podcast with others that are interested in uplifting ideas, positive energy, lots of fun. We're on all the platforms. So subscribe to Boost Power Podcast in your favorite app. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios, and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.